You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Kevin, I just want to get clarity on that question. Were Nebraska or anyone else to say they're going to play elsewhere, could they do it? Dave, I mean, again, I know what was said. And, um, you know, these are things that I'm sure there will be a lot of other issues that will, will, will arise or be raised uh, that we'll address at the appropriate time. Today's not the appropriate day. Uh, to do that okay. there are no games today and and i respect your question but but at this point in time i would just like to focus on uh our announcement and uh, doing the things that we need to do and should do and should be focusing on and not focusing on uh on on some issues because there's so many issues that we're in the process of dealing with at multiple levels and as you can imagine and i know you can respect uh, this has been a challenging week uh, collectively uh, today's been a very challenging day from an emotional standpoint and that sets the stage here for this very somber edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, as you heard Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren being pressed on uh, the possibility of maybe Nebraska trying to uh, still play football this year. As we know on Monday, Scott Frost came out in support of his players and the state and the program and wanting to play football. Um, and, you know, I think there was a thought, guys, on Monday that the Big Ten – was going to kind of kick it down the road and push the start of the season back to September 26th. In fact, a lot of coaches, I think, expected that. They were telling their teams that teams practiced on Tuesday. And then whatever happened in this president council's meeting, um, it wasn't a vote. It was a discussion. And whatever that discussion and whoever the loudest voices were in that room were, uh, they won. And they said, nope, we're not playing. We're not even going to try to play um, at this point. Meanwhile, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are moving forward, at least for now, with schedules. They have schedules out, and they're going to try. And I think that's where all of us probably sit in this state, in this room right now. No one's saying that we were guaranteed Big 10 football this year, but the fact that the, the Big 10 pulled out the way they did it's going to be a hard moment to ever look back on knowing the damage that this is going to cause in a lot of places, not just Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, but in a lot of places just like Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, and I think it kind of magnifies the disconnect between Nebraska and the rest of this league where, uh, you know, Nebraska from top to bottom, from the president to the chancellor and on down all the way through athletics, they were on the same page. They wanted to play and they wanted to do everything possible to play football because it's not just about football here. I mean, the ripple effect on everything about the university, the economy of Lincoln and the economy of the state of Nebraska is directly related to football and whether or not they're going to play. And so uh, there was a lot that went on into this as opposed to just, you know, whether or not you're going to have games to play this season. And clearly there was different priorities uh, by the rest of the conference to where they felt so strongly about it that unlike any other, uh, I guess, the majority of the other Power Five leagues, they were unwilling to even attempt to have a season, even though they had four days earlier released an entire schedule, praised all the thought and foresight that went into that schedule with the flexibility and the uh, uh, you know opportunity to adjust as necessary to make this thing happen. They let teams practice for three to four days uh, on the field, and then all of a sudden, pull the rug out and say, we're done. We're not even going to do this. Yeah, that's, to me, what just does not add up is that, I mean, they had this big unveiling of the the Big Ten schedules, um, a two-hour-plus special on on BTN network, and um, and then just days later, word started coming out that the, the season was in jeopardy. And and then you know the eventual announcement of it all. It just it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And when you listen to Kevin Warren in that uh, in that press conference, he doesn't answer any questions uh, about anything. He just sidestepped every single question, um, talked himself in circles, gave very long answers, but but didn't say anything. Um, it's just really you know it's interesting the way everything has come out, and then the pushback by the entire conference. Uh, for Nebraska being vocal and saying, hey, we'd like to play football and we're hoping to play football this year instead of falling in line and, and kind of towing the company line and saying, well, whatever whatever they decide, we're, we're going to support, unwavering support here. Yeah, when you join a league that somewhat fancies itself as the Ivy League of the Power Five in terms of just the prestige of the academics and, you know, you look at where Nebraska sits at that table – 
arguably they have the lowest academic standards of the 14 schools. They're the only non-AAU member in the Big Ten um, when you look at the league top to bottom. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not really viewed upon and respected. And um, I, I think that the political views of just how this is all viewed by some of these other schools is far different than Nebraska. And you, you look at the, the this conference goes from New Jersey all the way to Lincoln and how COVID-19 is viewed in New Jersey, how it's viewed in Michigan, um, how it's viewed in Chicago. It is so much different than Lincoln, Nebraska. And um, I think there was hope that the money is just so great in this situation that these schools can't afford to put them in the position to bankrupt everything. But then there's this theory, you know what, a lot of these presidents have been jealous for years. I mean, now you got defensive coordinators making more than university presidents that they don't like the money and the attention of athletics gets. This kind of knocks athletics back a notch, so to speak, um, you know, by by the presidents making this move. And, you know, maybe maybe they will look smart. Maybe in a few weeks all the other leagues end up pulling out and, and then everyone's in the same position. But if the other leagues guys go forward and play a clean football season, there's a college football playoff, there's bowl games, and the Big Ten's not involved in any of those. And then there's this attempt, and we'll, we'll talk about spring football in our next segment. I want to I want to – complain about that for an entire segment not just one yeah. take um but if if that all goes off and then we're trying to play spring football here in march um i mean come on i mean it's, it's going to be a joke well even if the season is shut down for the big 12 a acc sec at least they tried and you know for nebraska and like we mentioned just everyone that is directly connected to uh whether or not there is a football season that's really all that people are asking for at least try give us a chance to try to have a football season and keep businesses afloat keep livelihoods afloat and the community economies alive or at least have a chance to stay alive now you're basically throwing that out the window and you're telling people to survive uh figure it figure it out on your own without the number one money maker this state has and uh, that's where again it's it's shows where how different nebraska is from the rest of this league. Uh, I mean, this thing was a business arrangement from the very beginning. Uh, Nebraska needed a, wanted a way out of the Big 12, and the Big 10 was going to offer them a ton of money and at least some sort of prestige, and the Big 10 wanted Nebraska's pedigree and the viewers and the TV money they would bring in, and so it was a business arrangement. There was literally no connection between Nebraska, its programs, and its fans, and the rest of the Big 10 conference. And once the relationship started to strain and you know for the big 10 standpoint nebraska never lived up to what they were supposed to be athletically particularly with football for nebraska the big 10 did them absolutely no favors they were treated as a a, a secondary priority with how schedules were thrown together and um, just different instances here and there where you could tell nebraska was not viewed at the upper echelon of the the conference's pecking order it just seemed like, you know, what are we doing here? And, you know, Tom Chattel, the World Herald, did a great column, I thought, about uh, kind of explaining that this thing never materialized the way that both sides had hoped. And uh, it kind of shows you that maybe this whole situation is the beginning of the end for Nebraska's relationship with the Big Ten. Obviously, there are a lot of circumstances and a lot of issues at play there, but uh, it, it seems like now this could be the tipping point that could at least get the ball rolling however long it takes to get there, but uh, the conversations seem to be headed that direction. All right, you know, let's hold that. I want to talk about the Big 12 in our next segment, then we'll do spring football talk in our third segment. Uh, so let, let's, let's discuss, you know, the risk reward here for Nebraska. We'll bring that up next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, and Nate Klaus. You know, it's funny I teased the Big 12 and that discussion. And I'll tell you, on Wednesday, the day after all this happened, I literally went on five different Big 12 radio shows in Kansas City, Texas, Oklahoma, um, there is a lot of chatter about this in those parts of the country, and um, it's led to an interesting, at least, message board talk radio debate on, you know, if it was even an option, would you support it? Would you go? Would the Big 12 ever want Nebraska back? Is the risk financially even worth it? I mean, who in this financial cl uh, climate would take essentially about a $10 million a year pay cut, um, you know, from the TV rights deal to go? 
um, at least on the surface. Now, the Big 12 allows you to start your own television network and do your own thing like Texas and Oklahoma do. But still, it, it it's it's been pretty interesting to hear that ramp back up. And even these Big 12 markets have asked me those questions. Well, and it, uh, I think it shows the difference between Nebraska's place in the Big 10 compared to the Big 12. And in, in the Big 12, even this far removed, a decade removed, and with the way that that breakup happened, there's still a nostalgia impact there where, you know, Nebraska is still known and um, I guess you could probably say respected to an extent, whereas that's not the case whatsoever, especially now in the Big Ten. And so uh, as ugly as things got towards the end with Nebraska and the Big 12, it seems like uh, just, you know, on surface level observation that they would be welcomed pretty favorably and people remember Nebraska. They want Nebraska back. Uh, if nothing else, just to rekindle that rivalry. I think a lot of those schools liked hating Nebraska and, you know, it was in a, d- a different way than teams in the big 10 hate Nebraska now where they th- look at Nebraska as this ugly stepchild that doesn't belong in their family. You know, Nebraska with the Big Twelve, they're one of them. You know, yeah, we're the redneck. We're the redneck cousin with the the dirt road pickup truck that pulls into the Big Ten. Right, and in the Big Twelve, you know, Nebraska is the one with the brand new Silverado. You know, that, that shows up to the <laughs> to the rodeo, and everybody else is in their beat up pickup. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so it's like that's kind of the difference, and I think that's what makes that conversation so interesting for both sides. I think both sides would want that, but obviously, like you mentioned, there's so many layers involved in this. And in the end, it would come down to Nebraska asking itself, you know, how big of a sacrifice are we willing to make in order to make this move happen? For your ego. Exactly. And, you know, because it's not about money. I mean, you're going to make more money in the Big Ten. So if it's about dollars and cents, you're not making a move and you're going to kiss the ring and be a good little soldier. But uh, (laughs) if it comes down to to more than that, if it comes down to making a point and getting back to a conference that appreciates you and is going to prioritize you, you know, the Big 12 suddenly looks a lot more appealing than it did a decade ago. Yeah, what's the cost of feeling like you belong and feeling like you're wanted? Because everyone's true colors have really come out during this deal. You look at, at the big 10 and, you know, Nebraska says, or the big 10 says we're not playing football. Nebraska says we want to play football. Uh, We're hoping to play football and everybody has this knee jerk reaction to then get out, leave, you know, we don't need you. We didn't want you in the first place. And then you've got other, other conferences like the big 12, you know, saying, um, you know, asking, you know, what's, what's the deal? Are you guys, are you guys available? Are you, are you dating? So, you up? Yeah. <laughs> you open the, uh, <laughs> you up? You, you up? <laughs> yeah. The Texas still is the ultimate decision maker there. And oh yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's Oklahoma and Nebraska. I mean, I'm sure people would love to see that back, but yeah, there's so many, it's a gamble because what if you step out in front and say, all right, we are playing a schedule and then we're leaving, you know, we're doing our own schedule because we know you're, you're not playing a Big 12 schedule this year right now. So that ain't happening. But what happens if, okay, we're going to play 10 whoever will play us and they're all going to be in Lincoln and we're going to do all of our own pay-per-view games. We're going to have North Dakota State. We're going to BYU. We're going to have Wyoming, Houston, we're, you name it. I mean, Wyoming wants to play. You get 10 games, but they're all in Lincoln. They're all pay-per-view. It's 50 bucks per game to download. We get 100,000 downloads per game average. That's $5 million per game. That's $50 million before expenses and everything's paid out. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's realistic, but it might be um, if you did something like that. But then all of a sudden you can join. Then the Big Ten's like, you're out of here. I mean, if you go forward and do this, you better have a pretty strong indication you have a home. Because like one national writer, I won't say his name, he goes, you go out and do that, Sean. Enjoy playing in the AAC at Tulsa for the next hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, is that a gamble you want to take um, being booted from the Big Ten and then being, you know, maybe strung along and dumped by the Big 12 at the last minute and then being relegated to have to play in the AAC? I mean, that's really what would happen. Yeah. I mean, you basically need to have plan B in writing <laughs> to, to make sure that you're, you're fully prepared to make this move. Because if you're left out in no man's land, especially in this kind of tumultuous unknown climate that is the biggest risk you could possibly take right now uh i mean the fact that the athletic budgets are already being pressed so much to where you know jobs will be lost and programs will be cut and now you are stepping away from your number one source of of revenue as an athletic department that is as big of a risk as you possibly could take so you better have your p's and q's lined up uh and have everything set 
before you if make you play one game, this. if you move forward, you're out. I mean, yeah. Kevin Warren told Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports that those very words. Yeah. It, so, especially where Nebraska's at right now, when you're still trying to kind of rebuild your, your program and, and maybe refurbish your brand a little bit, at least in the national eye, um, you, you better have you better have everything lined up because it, if you don't, you're you're um, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball. They're losing out on on more money and and you know everything else at a conference, whether it's a Big Ten or whatever, everything else at a conference can help you with. When it's not just a football decision, I mean, there are sports for Nebraska that have done really well in the Big Ten. I mean, wrestling and volleyball yeah. and. You look at what it's done for some of those other sports for Nebraska. Baseball is on the rise. They've at least been competitive in the in the conference. But, yeah, it, it, it's not just a football decision either um, long term. I mean, and, you know, the Big Ten, no one leaves the Big Ten. So it, it would be unchartered territory for somebody to walk away from that kind of money really with no guarantees in front of them. Yeah, and it's the Big Ten right now, just given the response – that we've seen thus far, uh, they strike me as the significant other that would make this as ugly of a breakup as possible and try to burn Nebraska at every possible opportunity. Uh, there would be probably some court battles and all this stuff involved that they're going to make Nebraska suffer as much as possible. This would not be a clean break where the Big Ten's like, all right, thanks for playing. You know, good luck. <laughs> Pat on the back. Well, especially if Nebraska like set up about eight or ten you know, pay-per-view type games and they made money and like they had a – I mean, if they did something like that, you know, upset – there's a lot of egos in this conference, and they would want to have their revenge as much as they possibly think can. Think if Nebraska figured out a way. I mean, it's a big if, but think if they figured out a way to set up their own schedule with pay-per-view and fans in the stadium. And what if Ricketts is just like, screw it, putting 60,000 in there. And, you know, and, <laughs> and, and this, is, this, is, this is football war, and we're going to show you our way works. And, you know, they, they figure out a way to make the money back. Like, do you know how upset – the other institutions in that conference would be everybody. I mean, they would be furious. Yeah, yeah. You just pick your favorite triggered gif and yeah. you know, basically. <laughs> no, you can't do that. No, no, that's our money. You divide that money fourteen ways. You can't keep that. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I mean, it would it would be just a disaster. It would be really really good theater. I mean, our I think our website would actually we. I mean, we need something to do. <laughs> well, I mean, just just take take just like how crazy it was when Nebraska split from the Big Twelve. Multiply that by about 100, yep. if not more. That would be Nebraska breaking up with the Big Ten. Just considering all the unique circumstances around this and how quickly things have already escalated without any real threat of leaving the league. Yeah, all they all they've said is they want to play football, yeah. and, and everyone's up in arms. And it was Kevin Warren that said, "If you don't like it, you can get out." <laughs> I mean, and yes, yeah, Desmond so, Howard, Michael Wilbon. I mean, what, yeah. who, what, what's, what are these guys upset about? I don't, I don't get it. I mean. There's been Robin made a great tweet it, it, with everything that's happened at so many different institutions within the Big Ten, all these different scandals um, that it's it, Nebraska is the one getting the brunt of the, the pushback and the uh, you know being shamed and everything publicly by guys like Michael Wilbon and Desmond Howard. Um, for just wanting to play football. For wanting to play football. I mean, it not, they, didn't, they didn't break any laws or anything here. We're not being terrible human beings. We're just, they're wanting to play football. And, um, and people want – the talking heads in the Big Ten want to kick the, kick the Huskers well, out of the conference. And the irony is, you know, Nebraska's obviously got warts. I mean, they've had dudes do bad things as well. But where was Michael Wilbon kicking Nebraska out of the league for, you know, the, the sexual assault stuff that was going on? No, it's because Nebraska wants to play its own football season. Yeah. Like, because they spoke out against the establishment It makes of no the conference. sense. They, did, they didn't kiss the ring. Yep. And, you know, and you saw that show. It was obvious. Like, everybody was told – you go on that show, you you know what you're gonna say because yeah. if you say, don't say that, you out. toe the company line. I mean, Barry Alvarez. He looked like a neutered dog in that. Barry Alvarez, come on. I mean, he's the Tony Soprano of athletic directors, and and he he came off to me as like just. I mean, come on. Like, do you really believe Barry Alvarez truly is happy? He was totally handcuffed by what he could say. Jeff Brom was the closest one to like slipping up. What, how did he phrase it, Robin? He's like, "Well, we would have uh, liked to you know, push the season back to September 26, but uh, we're not going to question the commissioner's decision." And it's like, "Okay, yep, good, good little boy." I know multiple coaches told their players from different teams, just from guys I talked to, that that was going to be the plan. They were going to push forward, and I thought in my mind, "Okay, that's smart because." If you pull out now and you're the only ones that do Pac-12 as well, 
you're you're just exposing yourself for these other leagues to come in like sharks mm-hmm. and and take your players. I mean, let's think about the the talent drain that's going to happen in the Big Ten this year with, uh, I mean, not only transfers because you know that one time transfer rule is not going to end. I mean, that's still on the table. That will probably be coming within the next calendar year. Uh, and then you know, Big Ten's just sitting there not playing or playing some throwaway spring season. You know, how many elite players are going to want to play that? We've already seen team or players, top level players bolt. What's going to happen to Ohio State's roster? I mean, they have literally a two deep of NFL prospects. They're either going to go to another power conference that's playing football or they're going to pull out and start training for the draft. I mean, that's going to be Ohio State's going to get hit as probably hard as anybody in this conference. I I don't know if you can just go. No one's taking anyone right now. Like what what established top 20 program? Paul, Paul Chris said he's already been hearing about it. Well, yeah. The thing is, is the NCAA. I mean, how can you how can you tell a student athlete that they can't go pursue an opportunity to play elsewhere um, when half the Power Five is is playing a season and or and the other half is is not? I mean, and according to medical experts, it's not safe in the Big Ten, so it's safer in the SEC, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable. But the the NCAA, Sorry. they're not gonna they're not gonna deny any waiver requests. That's for sure. Uh-huh. I mean. Um, this is the 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 perfect opportunity. Even though the one time transfer rule is not officially like in play yet, I mean, it essentially has already begun. There's no way that NCAA is going to deny um, you know a way or not give somebody a waiver for wanting to to go play football this year. All right. Well, let's talk spring football and the possibility, even if that's a a possibility. Next, you're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washett, Nate Klaus. It's been a tough week in the state of Nebraska, and now you try to find a silver lining. We discussed, you know, trying to set up your own schedule, the risk-reward there. The other silver lining out there, and it's still a big if, guys, is spring football. Um, And the Big Ten didn't even really say that's a possibility, but – Let's just say these schools are in such bad financial shape, and that's what we're anticipating it's going to be. And you could have close to full attendance by March or April uh, if there's a vaccine available at that point and the restrictions are lifted. And you can have full stadiums and all the revenue coming in. You know, If you could get four to five home games in that situation um, just to make revenue to keep your lights on, um, is it worth it playing spring football or is the thought of playing 20 games from March to December, or March to Thanksgiving, you know, a bigger safety risk than what's going on right now with the coronavirus? To me, it is not worth it. Uh, I mean, unless you're talking about just doing a couple of like, you know, throwaway exhibition games here and there, but the idea of trying to play anywhere remotely close to a full season in the spring uh, and still keep your fall schedule uh, intact, uh, That's it's not doable. And in this whole movement uh, with the guise of player safety surrounding it, that is like the total antithesis of player safety to put student-athletes in that physically demanding uh, situation where you're having to play Power 5 football for that long in a calendar year. Uh, and what's interesting, you know, Paul Chris at Wisconsin – has a pretty unique perspective on all this. So keep in mind, he was uh, coaching in the World League, if you remember, with old Mike Riley back in the day. Uh, And he had, so they played in the spring, and he had players that went from that World League season to NFL minicamps or whatever you want to call it uh, later that fall. And the physical toll those guys went through, they they could not make it through the season. Like if they physically could not make it through. And so those were professionals. Now you're talking about amateur student athletes having to go through that same grind. You're going to get guys hurt. You're going to end careers and you're going to basically throw off your entire development of players just to rush and slap some games. And then you're going to basically say money is important. That's exactly what it is. That's all about money at that point. And so if you do insist on playing in the spring, you cannot have a scheduled fall season the way it is now. You have to push the 2021 fall season back to where maybe you're playing in December or something like that. And then slowly you inch your way back to having a normal uh, athletic calendar. Because right now uh, it would be the most hypocritical thing of all time for the Big Ten to put their student athletes in that situation uh, while also trying to talk about how the only thing they care about is their safety. Yeah, there's no way. I mean, if it's truly about a player safety issue, 
surrounding the coronavirus. There's just no way you can ask any of these any of these kids essentially to go play the spring and then play in the fall. Um, it would have to be you'd have to have two modified seasons. Uh, you know, a handful of games in the spring, in my opinion, at least a handful of games in the spring, and then a very modified fall schedule to even remotely come close to making it work. And I, I just don't see any way that, uh, that it's feasible. And that's just, that's just from a, a physical toll. And then you're, I mean, you start talking about eligibility of players, you know, what, what about the guys that are set to graduate in December? Um, you, are you asking them to, to then come and play still in the spring um, leading up to the, the NFL draft. I mean, the NFL doesn't care. They're not going to no. change their draft and, and, and move, you know, re- rearrange things because some, some conferences and the NCAA want to play in the spring. Um, I mean, it's just it raises way more questions than, than uh, it would even remotely come close to answering, in my opinion. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Um, and we're talking spring football. Ryan Day, Ohio State's head coach, told The Athletic that he thinks starting the first week of January would be the best way to go and have an eight-week season. But how do we know the problems that are going on right now well, that's the thing. are, are going to be gone at that point? And, you know, I, we haven't even brought this up. But what what is – I mean – what is your reaction to, by the way, Big Ten teams can't play football, but we're going to still be in a 20-hour week where you're allowed to lift weight yeah, six hours practice. a week. You can still be around each other in the locker room. You can still be in the weight room together. And you can have walk-through, basically the mini-camp. You can have a 20-hour week with mini-camp practices, no helmets. Um, but you know, how is that safe well, at that point? Because the disease is obviously only spread through football games. Not practices or, or meetings or anything like that. You have Only to games. have full pads on right, to, right. to get I, it. I think the pads actually spread the disease faster. Oh, okay. So anyway, okay. That's why, I they, tw- so I that's tweet- why they couldn't practice with the pads. I tweeted that out um, from Barry Alvarez when he said that on the BTN, and I have never had a tweet. You know when you can quote tweet and show comments? It, there were there were like 600 people that quote tweeted it with comments just like what the hell are they talking about like this makes no I mean people are like furious nationally that you're going to tell these kids I can't play football but they can practice and lift still 20 hours a week it, it makes no sense and so there's there's that issue to it like I mean it just seems like there's no guidance at all and no reasoning behind what they're doing but the other big issue that clearly is not being talked about enough is what teams are going to do with scholarships. I mean, to sit there and carry over an entire scholarship class into the spring while also having early enrollees. I mean, our guys not going to be able to enroll. Our junior college players not going to be able to enroll uh, for, for the spring semester. Are they going to have everybody push that back? Uh, I mean, the, the, the consequences for teams that are already struggling to even fund athletic departments, now you have to keep an entire separate class on scholarship for the spring while bringing in a new scholarship. I mean, that, that the, the, the financial demands of that seem outstanding to me. And it's not just to me, it's not just about the seniors, you know, giving those guys an extra year of eligibility, but you know, everybody else on that roster too. I mean, you're taking away an opportunity for them to play, you know, a lot of guys for them to, to play in at least four games before they redshirt. Um, it, and even, you know, let's say you're a redshirt junior um, you, you, are you not going to ha- get an extra year back? Um, you know, I, I think you have to give everybody an extra year of eligibility, not just the seniors. So that's a problem that carries on for, for four or five more years then on your entire roster. And you, you think about 2021, Nebraska is supposed to play in Ireland on week zero, meaning they would open up fall camp that year, essentially August 1st around that. I don't have the, you'd have to back count the dates, but it might even be like July 30th. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, when you break in all the practices and the travel to Ireland, how does that, if you play a spring season that goes through May, how do you go to Ireland and start fall camp in late July? Yeah. Again, it doesn't, not healthy, you it don't. doesn't make sense. And it is not in the best interest of student athlete safety and health which apparently to Kevin Warren is the number one priority. So uh, it just goes to show you that there's, there's no plan. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. I think they're just saying spring football just to delay the inevitable, that yeah. they're going to cancel football for the entire 2020-21 academic year and just punt in, in true Big Ten fashion from their own 30-yard line or from the, the opponent's 30-yard line. This wasn't line. even a fourth down punt. <laughs> yeah. This was like a third down this punt. This was like a third down, like at the pooch punt with the quarterback. Remember when they played Pitt in 04? You, you weren't working with me back then, but uh, Joe Flacco or yes. Keith Falco, they had two quarterbacks that were like Falco and Flacco, both for 
pit, and they mm-hmm. they were punting on third down against Nebraska. Yeah, in one of the worst football games ever played. But that's a side point. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, yeah. And so I'm not I'm not going to like put any thought into spring football because, in my opinion, it's not going to happen. The Big Ten has shown nothing to have the organizational skills or leadership to be able to put that together in a successful manner. And basically, it's just another uh, carrot being dangled for teams and fans to get, to get their hopes up and stay tuned when eventually they're just going to cancel it and go on to 2021 as if nothing happened. Yeah, they're kicking the can down the road and just trying to delay the inevitable, trying to keep everybody from, you know, kind of staying in line. And like you, like you said, Robin, you know, keep kissing the ring, um, you know, for for this fall. And we'll Take th- your $55 million and shut up. Yeah, but basically. Don't take it this year, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You don't get it this year. Yeah, it's it's there's no way in my opinion there's no just no way that that f- spring football is feasible if you're going to go ahead and, and play a full regular schedule the next fall january will be in if, if that I, I don't know how you do it um if in this cl- in this climate and play traditional football in january well i don't understand what teams are going to do with these players sure they're allowed to practice but Monday, Scott Frost said it didn't make any sense for Nebraska to continue practicing if they weren't going to play football this fall. And so, well, what do these student athletes do? What does like an Omar Manning, who you know works so hard to get on campus and make sure that he's ready to play, now he doesn't get to play football for however many months? I mean, if you want to talk about the well-being of the student athlete, what's the mental toll of this? Well, and then the testing too. I mean, do you like are they going to test? I mean, if you're not playing ball, why would you spend? hundreds of thousands of dollars on testing and protocols well, right now and think about all the like who cares at this point yeah, exactly you know? yeah um and i feel bad for like all the the incoming freshmen or the the true freshmen that are on campus that graduated early guys that gave up their you know their spring sports their their prom um playing in any you know all-star game or shrine bowl type of event you know they they sacrifice all that only to for what I mean, for for to to be able to to be on campus and, and get what uh, twelve probably twelve credit hours early before your your eligibility really kicked in. I, I just I feel for all, a lot of those younger guys that that sacrifice so much to get on campus early for nothing. All right, we have a mailbag coming up. Uh, haven't actually delved dove into the question, so I'll be curious what we get on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, trying to play psychologist here to get you through. Hopefully people are sane listening to us for the last three segments. As It's not an easy show to do for us either, guys, as um, a lot of what we've done, I mean, this is my whole life. This is all I've known for the last 20 years is being around football, going to games, covering Nebraska. I've not missed a road or a home Nebraska game in 20 years. So, yeah, this is – it's hitting everybody in all levels in this state. And, um, you know, taking your questions here now in the mailbag, um, the first question we got asked, obviously with things changing, um, with no games, practices, um, that people want us to catch up with some former players. One request we have is Harrison Beck um, to have on the show. <laughs> have on the podcast. Have, have you guys seen yes. Harrison Beck's um, TikTok? Yes. No, and I've not seen his TikTok, but I mean, I've seen everything else of his, so I can imagine. It's throw. He goes by Throw God, <laughs> and he um, does all these short videos of him with his shirt off throwing the football like sixty yards. But it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty dark. It's yeah. probably the the way to say it. He's he's a strange individual. Yeah, he's unique. And we learned that back in two thousand four. Yeah, I mean, you, we could, we we could talk off air, but you had a really good, uh, you had some pretty good Harrison yeah, Beck stories. Okay, yeah, I, I I was able to get to know Harrison pretty well throughout the recruiting process, and um, I mean, like I said, he's he's a unique individual. Um, could Nebraska high school football play in Memorial Stadium to help the downtown economic impact? Now, first of all, I don't think that's going to make a huge impact on downtown. Um, but what are you talking about at that point? Would LPS allow it? I know a couple of years ago, Sean Eichhorst let LPS in. Um, would Nebraska be okay with that? It's hard to say, but it's not a bad idea. If Nebraska could say, you know what, we're going to play one Friday game and we're going to allow two Saturday games in Memorial Stadium and we're going to keep downtown and local area things down here with, with just some vibrant flow on a Friday night and a Saturday afternoon. I, I mean, I like the idea. I don't know how re- realistic it is, though. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some – 
advantages to it. You could really stress social distancing in that yeah. regard where you could have people spread out uh, properly throughout the stadium. Uh, and also, you know, give give some interest to downtown Lincoln for sports. I mean, the people are going to be so desperate for anything that if you throw together, you know, it's a couple games where, you know, entire towns could come to Lincoln and uh, get to play under the lights or whatever it may be, Memorial Stadium. I mean, that would be pretty cool. I mean, it'd be like the state championship, but every week. And you could probably have a lot of fun with that. And obviously, you know, there's issues that would need to be ironed out. But on the surface, it seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, you could even explore moving some games to to a Saturday, maybe from a Friday night to a Saturday. Um, I mean, think if there was like a Saturday doubleheader inside Memorial Stadium. Um, I don't care who was playing. (laughs) I'd probably go watch um, just just to see live football um, on, you know, you could catch a game somewhere. Uh, maybe even in Memorial Stadium on a Friday and then go catch like a doubleheader on a Saturday. I mean, th- that would be pretty cool. But I don't know how feasible it is, but I'm sure, um, you know, those are those are things that, that at least need to be discussed or uh, looked at, I'm sure. How crazy is it that Nebraska would entertain the thought of going back to the Big 12 or even being an ind- independent? Well, first of all, I don't think being an independent is really a realistic um, option at this point. Um, but – you know, I'm not going to rule out the Big 12. I think it's a long shot, obviously. But, you know, if Nebraska does move forward and try to set up and play an independent schedule, it probably tells you they are leaving the Big 10. And the Big 12 is really the only place they could go. And if the finances are right for the conference, maybe they would allow Nebraska back. But I, I we're really ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a long shot. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it seems unlikely. Uh, but long term, you know, which might be something to look at because the dynamic of Nebraska and the Big Ten changed. It changed in a major way this week to where uh, cards are on the table now. Uh, there's no more playing nice. Uh, a lot of people around the conference have uh, voiced their displeasure with Nebraska, and Nebraska has voiced its displeasure with the conference, and it seems like it's inevitable. Uh, when it's going to happen, I don't know, but uh, it might not be a deal that happens suddenly just on the spur of the moment right now, but uh, definitely – so wanting to keep on the back burner there, especially if uh, this relationship continues to fade. Yeah, instead of talking nice in front of somebody and then talking a bunch of crap behind their back, um, that's that's out the window. Everyone's just talking crap to each other's face right now, and um, it's. I, I think everyone kind of knows exactly where they stand, and um, but I, I don't see anything happening this year necessarily. Um, but I, I, I do think that it, Nebraska probably needs to look at look at its options and explore things. Down down the road what are the chances that other leagues are going to be poaching big 10 players i know we've hit on that a little bit and um you know i I do think you'll see some guys leave um maybe not a ton um but you'll see it there's no doubt you know you worry about nebraska nate um with the the distance that guys travel to come here and there's a lot of neighborhood schools and we saw jaden francois is going to central florida um Henry Gray is going to Florida International. So you, you saw guys leave the roster to stay closer to home. And, you know, if guys aren't going to be around the day-to-day, it might entice them to want to leave and be closer to home. Yeah, I, I think it fully will happen. I think there will be some poaching. I don't know if it will be, you know, if we'll see just a mass exodus of Big Ten players transferring out. Um, but I fully expect the conferences, like you know, conferences like the SEC and the, the ACC – to uh, to poach you know players like you said especially guys that are closer to home guys that may have left uh, Georgia to to go play at Ohio State or or Penn State or Nebraska or wherever uh, or guys you know from the from the southeast to go back there. Robin, I got a basketball question for you. Um, how realistic is it right now to think we'll have basketball at some point at all this year? Well, right now I wouldn't expect anything uh, until at least January, and that's probably being. A little hopeful. I know there's been uh, some building conversations about potentially trying to organize bubble situations where, uh, you know, after Thanksgiving break, when in-person classes are out of uh, session, you know, you can pool together a handful of teams at, you know, maybe a traditional NCAA tournament location, uh, have those guys essentially in like an NBA bubble style uh, deal where they they are able to play some sort of non-conference games. And then you open your Big Ten schedule in January. But 
right now, I mean, I'd be, <laughs> I'm keeping my fingers crossed, but given the way things have shaken out over the past few weeks, uh, it seems like, you know, the hopes of really any formal athletics pl being played this year seems uh, wishful at thinking at best. Somebody asks, is this more exciting than a coaching change? It's definitely more depressing, but um, just kind of the unknown. I, I guess what I would say is when you have a coaching change, I've always walked out of them. I mean, every time you're like, okay, you know, going to give this a chance and you feel good about what the new coach says and where it's going. I think what's different about this is the unknowns. Like you just don't have any idea what's going to happen, but you know the odds are that a lot of bad things are going to be happening here in the city. And, and that's that's what's – it's not exciting. I mean, I, I think about so many of our friends in the media and other outlets and um, just the, the trickle-down effect it's going to have to all levels of this city that's our home. I mean, I've lived in Lincoln now 20 years and just to think about the impact it's going to have on this town and so many friends and people I know that own businesses and um, how hard the city has worked to get to where it's at and, you know, with the downtown and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's scary. You just think about five years ago, how vibrant downtown Lincoln was, how the, the rail yard it was brand new. I mean, basketball games were packed, football games. I mean, it was just like a, a Mardi Gras style party out there. Now you look out there, so our office is, is in the post office right now downtown. We look over the rail yard, and it's a ghost town. I mean, there's just a couple functioning businesses still open. Uh, everything else is boarded up, and uh, it looks kind of like one of those you know, uh, apocalyptic movie scenes where you know a, an entire city has been wiped out by zombies. And uh, what's that going to be like now where we're going another eight months without college football at least and uh you know the, the the ramifications of what that might have with basketball at, P at pba uh i mean the, the the impact that this is going to have on communities specifically like lincoln that are so reliant on their collegiate athletics to support the city's uh, economy uh, it cannot be understated and that's why nebraska is different i mean Evanston's going to be just fine without Northwestern football. Uh, you know, in, Bloomington's going to be fine without Indiana football. Like those communities are not reliant solely, almost exclusively on uh, whether or not they play sports or not. Lincoln is, and Lincoln is going to be hit harder than maybe, arguably, any community in the Big Ten footprint by this decision. Yeah, I, I, sometimes I look out the office window and I expect to see Will Smith walking out of a, a building with that <laughs> with German, German shepherd, shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's it's just it's crazy how how much it's changed down here um, and and I don't know how many businesses are going to be able to survive uh, going you know without a football season I'm sure everybody down in the rail yard everybody in Lincoln especially in the downtown rail yard area um, we're, we're, we're banking on, okay, finally, we'll get to the fall. We'll be able to recoup, um, and, and be able to maybe start turning a profit. And, um, and now that's not going to happen. And, and it's, it's pretty sad. You know, it's, it's, um, it's disappointing. It's sad. And, and the other part of it too, for us, I mean, now we're, we're back to talking hypotheticals again. I was so excited last week. You know. We had something that like concrete to actually talk about. I booked a plane. To, I luckily got the money back, to, but I, I had a plane ticket booked for Rutgers. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm the internal optimist. I'm Oliver optimist here. I'm going to book a plane ticket to Rutgers. <laughs> and now we're back to talking hypotheticals. So that's disappointing as well. All right. Well, we're going to talk recruiting and eligibility and all that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus. Um, not really a ton of recruiting, but Nate, I, I, gotta, I know a lot of people want to know, between you and Mike and the team at Rivals, Brian Munson, you've talked and heard from a lot of people. What is just the reaction you're getting from Husker recruits uh, about this decision uh, with the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, the, the the main feedback that we've been able to get so far is that everyone's on on board. They're fully 100% committed, um, and maybe even more committed now than than ever before after seeing how Scott Frost, um, you know, standing up for his players and, and fighting for what they believe in, and and. Um, you know, I think it would have been really easy to just kind of, you know, like we've been saying all, all show long, kind of kiss the ring, fall in line, and, and just take your lumps and, um, and, and have to tell your team, well, sorry, you know, this is out of our hands, but, um, you know, better, hopefully we have better luck next year. I, I, I think the recruits 
have respected the way that Nebraska has handled this um, from the get-go with how the protocols they've put into place and, and how um, they've treated you know the players with, with had their their safety uh, as the number one concern the entire time. How they're going to back um, you know wanting to explore options to to let them play because that's what they want to do and how they've kind of given them a voice too. They they've allowed the players to um, you know kind of have their own voice in all of this and. Um, and I th- as of right now, everyone is is on board and committed. But there are some questions, you know, especially with the mid year guys. There, uh, how how that's going to happen, how how that's going to work out. If anything, will will be changing there. Uh, but right now, they're they're good. And Nate, I, I know everyone's like, well, you, you have to you know give everybody a year back. But eighty five scholarships is a lot harder to do that with than a baseball team or even a you know a partial scholarship baseball team or a basketball team where there's already attrition anyway mm-hmm. for football you know you, you you could have 40 true freshmen on scholarship if you if you held everyone's 2020 scholarship and made them freshmen as well i mean it's almost like they're gonna have to create like a six-year scholarship chart now uh when when you look at things if they're trying to do the right thing but can people right now can they afford to do that yeah i mean that's the question i i don't i don't know if it's feasible um i'm sure it's it can't be feasible for everybody there's no way every every team in the country is going to be able to um kind of give the same type of eligibility and and follow those same types of rules i mean I, i just the financials behind it are are you know um, ridiculous. If you really broke down how much money that would really be, uh, I think that's that's enough to to really put some other programs in a bad in bad shape. I think Nebraska would be able to do it, um, but then you're talking. I mean, that would change the, your numbers if um, you know if you're having seniors come back at, at positions where you're expecting them to to graduate. Um, you know, now all of a sudden, and you've got let's say you've got three commits uh, like Nebraska's got three offensive line commits and uh, but they're expecting you know however many seniors to to graduate well now those seniors are coming back and um, you know and, and then how's that impact your your numbers for the 2022 class and so on and so forth I mean I think this is going to be kind of a headache to figure out um, how you're going to handle things what your numbers are going to look like and especially right now, because you're in complete limbo, uh, waiting for the NCAA to, to come down and, and for the Big Ten to come down and say, OK, well, this is the, this is the new eligibility requirements or, or what it's going to look like and and how you're going to be able to operate going forward with your team. Yeah, it will be interesting. You almost will have to create like a new class of guys. You, mm-hmm. You'd be called a true freshman, then a COVID freshman, if COVID freshman <laughs> and then redshirt freshman. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. But true th- freshman, COVID freshman, redshirt freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Yep. I mean, honestly, that's that's probably what's going to have to happen. But <laughs> COVID freshman. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what, how else you would describe it. But it's going to throw off your charts and numbers. And I mean, like, think about Omar Manning, you know, a guy like that that got here, Alante Brown, you know, for seniors in Nebraska, Hymas would be the only one that I could see. You know what? He's going to go pro. I mean, yeah. he was he was close, but. Matt, Matt Farniak, Ben Stilley, those guys need to play a year of football. Yeah, still. they got to give. They got to. DiCaprio Boodle needs a year. Yeah, they need more. They need more tape. They need. They need another year under their belt to to get better and to show what they can do. Um, it's it's there's just so many questions right now. It's just it's insane when you really think about it. Um, the the administration, not just Nebraska's administration, uh, everybody, every every team's administration, they've got their hands full right now and try to answer so many of these questions that. Uh, at this point in time, you just you really don't have an answer for. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, and then it leads you to the question, Nate, of recruiting and visits. And you know, here's another one for you, Nate. If I mean, if high school football is going on, can coaches go watch games? Yeah. Like, I mean, probably not. But why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know? I mean, what's not safe about that? You're, you're not having contact with the kid. I, I, all of this is just a it's so hard to understand. Yeah, it's it's uh, to use a famous RSS um, you know word. Uh, it's it's mind bottling. Uh, how how uh, I got other words I would yeah, probably well, use, yeah, but, but this uh, is a family yeah. show aired on multiple affiliates across the state of Nebraska. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it, there are I mean, so many questions. Are you if you aren't allowed to fly your team from one city to the next? 
Um, will you know, can you expect the NCAA to let recruits fl- fly in from from wherever they're coming from to to finally start taking official visits? There's not been a single recruit in the 2021 class that's been able to take an official visit yet, because the dead period has been you know in effect essentially since you know mid to late March. Um, you know, all the way through to, to now. So, I mean, I'm not op- optimistic that the dead period is going to be lifted and they're going to allow visits to start taking place and allow coaches to go visit, um, you know, other, other high school football games that are happening because there was no spring evaluation period and there's, there, if there's no college football um, or whatever, you know, you'd think that that – I mean, it would make sense to do that, but I'm not, I'm not optimistic for any of that to happen. And then, and then you get into signing days. I mean, the December signing period had become the time to sign with, you know, with everybody here over the last two or three years. And in the February, you know, the traditional late signing period in, in February – had kind of become an afterthought. Well, now, I mean, if there are no official visits or, or even unofficial visits that have been able to happen since mid-March, are you really going to be able to expect or allow recruits to sign early in December? Um, but can it, they even visit somewhere in January and February? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, the whole thing is just it's – a, it's a big, giant mess right now. Um, and I guess as far as recruiting goes, the good thing is is that everybody's kind of in the same boat together. Um, you know, with football, that's that's another story because you've got conferences that are playing. But uh, another aspect of, of football and, and, you know, not being in the same boat together is, you know, how badly are the Pac-12 and the Big Ten going to be hurt recruiting-wise? Uh, you know, I, I'm sure that the SEC is going to be contacting these recruits and saying, hey, uh, you know, it just it, it means more here. You, you really want to go play at a school where – they, uh, the, the people that are making decisions aren't going to be able to, to play when, when it's okay to play and, and we're, we can do it, but they can't, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot that's used against the, the, the PAC 12 and the big 10 when it comes to recruiting. Now, thankfully for Nebraska, um, like I mentioned a minute ago with, with what a lot of the commits are telling us, uh, I think recruits and, and parents of recruits, high school football coaches, they've got a lot of respect for Scott Frost and how he's handled things. And um, even though it's been kind of out of his control, I mean, the way that, that, uh, that he's handled things and the things that he has said about his players and about his team uh, have, have resonated with a lot of people. Well, there's going to be lots to follow, lots to talk about um, here. As I know, there's no football, but there's going to be a lot to discuss here in the coming days, coming weeks just as we try to navigate through this unknown um, of everything going forward. So uh, much more. Make sure you are logged on to HuskerOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 